Hello and welcome to the Chris Ham Podcast, episode number 57. We are ushering in the month of November. We have one more month, two more months technically, one more start to the month left in this miserable macro 2020. And uh, we're coming off Halloween weekend with a COVID twist. Uh, my family and I, we're now getting settled more and more into the house that we bought a couple months ago. Um, Jen and I took the kids trick-or-treating on Saturday for Halloween. We went out around 4.30, 5 o'clock before we set the clocks back. And all of a sudden now it's dark at 3 p.m. But um, all kidding aside, as the sun was fading, it was kind of 4.35. It was perfect. Um, we got all daylight. Um, we ended up at a little outdoor block party that one of our neighbors put together with a pizza truck at the end of the, the trick-or-treating, the COVID trick-or-treating. And I got to say... Um, I thought it was great. Um, Eloise was on foot with Jen. I was pushing Emmy in the stroller. And basically anybody who was giving away candy had a table or sign um, on display outside. And in many cases, we're sitting outside to greet and exchange pleasantries with trick-or-treaters. Then we walked down our street. And uh, and then these people often had uh, had a drink in their hand, kind of just trying to enjoy what we could out of this year in 2020 and enjoy Halloween for what it was. Now we walked down the street, uh, down our street and then up the parallel one. And it was the perfect length of time for a four-year-old girl, four-year-old kid. Eloise got 55 pieces of candy, but yet seemed spent as the loop wrapped up. And she was disappointed there wasn't more candy somehow. I mean, more candy, that, that 55 pieces is more candy that she'll be allowed to eat between now and Valentine's Day. No exaggeration on that. Um, but yeah, we were we were all hungry by the end of the, the route and being able to walk 90 seconds to this block party around the corner from our house and order uh, pizza from a pizza truck, bring home uh, three out of the four of us were able to, to eat it. It was just the, the pinnacle of convenience, even as our town center is very close. But we're talking about a 10 minute walk versus 90 seconds. That's a big delta. And uh, it was exciting to get trick-or-treaters, to put up some string lights and just chill out with a few drinks as we unpack more of, more of our house. And kudos to Jen for really taking our house unpacking to the next level and organizing just every, every little detail um, around our, you know, different things that we have going on in every room and storage and everything else. And a pat on the back to myself for carrying some heavy boxes out of the garage, cutting them open taking out the the inefficient mounds of paper used by our terrible movers. I promise this is probably the last time I'm going to talk about my movers for our movers for a while, although I'm tempted to really bring them up uh, incessantly. But um, listen, I mean, I, I mentioned this before. At the end of the day, really grateful for where we are. I have a passion for where we live. Love the town. Fell in love with the town years ago. It was a suburban dream. And in the morning, I go outside I smell the salt water of the sound two miles away. At night, given the old homes, ours is an 1896 home, many old homes in that era with fireplaces and a culture of fire pits. In the woodsier part of the sound town, the sound short town, if you will, and there's this smell of ruminating wood burning and fire, and it's awesome. It's just this, this, this peaceful, and another great touch to the coziness of our living experience. It's, it's just fantastic. So um, having mentioned those positives, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get two drawbacks out of the way. Squirrels and spider crickets. 
Now listen, I lived in the Northeast for 35 of 39 years of my life, and I've been used to coexisting with squirrels. But holy shit, are these squirrels in our neighborhood just brazen and ravenous for food and just psychotic. You know, I saw a squirrel, no joke, with a crunch bar and a wrapper in their mouth this morning. And we got pumpkins for the porch uh, that Eloise picked out earlier in October, a few weeks before Halloween. And within days, these pumpkins were literally destroyed and eaten from the inside out by these lunatic squirrels that, that you have to come within a foot to even scare them off. And uh, had a Whole Foods bag of cranberry raisin loaf ripped, in, ripped into by the squirrels when, when literally it was just sitting outside the, the, the porch for no longer than 10 or 15 minutes. So that's the squirrels. Now let's get to the spider crickets. Now, if you aren't familiar with these, these look like spiders as far as their body type. Uh, they don't have the eight legs, but they, they look and they're like the size of these just giant spiders like a wolf spider. And they jump and leap around like lunatics. Um, they were on our main floor when we first moved into the house with all the construction. But in the past few weeks, I've only seen them in, in our basement and on our third crawl near on our third floor near the crawl space. But I, I gotta say, I, I must have killed at least twenty of them in the past month and change. And I am just not an insect person at all. So spider crickets, squirrels, I could do without them. Everything else, very grateful. I digress. We have a hell of a sh- hell of an episode for you coming up. Um, I have a very energetic and politically passionate guest, Brad Garfield. Now he lives about a five minute walk from our house and is a friend from town. Now he's in his early 60s. He's a yogi, he's a husband and a father of three. But I will not mince words. The guy doesn't fuck around with being outspoken against Trump, right? Brad is a a four time Emmy award winning director, a very impressive guy. He owns Northridge Productions, producing television and theatrical productions and has been directing sports for CBS for over 20 years now, including the NFL, every Sunday. So buckle up, episode 57, my interview with Brad Garfield. Here we go. All right, my guest today is Brad Garfield. Now, Brad is a neighbor of mine. Um, and we met because, uh, my wife, Jen teaches yoga and Brad was one of her students. And I actually saw your car, Brad, the first time, um, I, I saw your car before I actually met you. Um, I saw that you had a, you had a bright yellow Jeep and your, your sign, I think at the time your bumper sticker was WTF with a picture of Trump on it. <laughs> I think that was back in probably 2017. So Brad, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thanks Chris. It's great to be here. Um, I'm excited. Do you recall that sticker? I don't think you have that anymore, but that was uh, no I, classic. I have a I have a sticker. It's a it's a sticker of Obama, and it says "Miss me yet?" <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people during the like you must get like a whole assortment of reactions from people depending on where they fall on the spectrum. Mostly around here, it's like, "Yeah, I fucking miss you. Come back." And then you probably get some people that exactly. that really angers and triggers, and that's probably really entertaining. I love that. I love. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't get angry. Exactly. So um, the reason I wanted to bring you on the show, um, you know, I, I was told by, I have a good friend who listens to the pod regularly. And um, he was like, you know what? Like, I love, you know, I've been listening to your show since you started. Um, you could use a guest who has kind of like a really energetic personality. Like, first, the, the other feedback was try to bring on a guest who's not left-leaning. Because every guest I brought on with the exception of maybe like, 
one or two who are kind of independent. One was a left-leaning independent, one's a right-leaning independent. Everybody's kind of like my lefty echo chamber, Jen included. Like, so um, I know you kind of fall in that category, but you just can't find any. I have a hard time getting a Trump supporter to admit they're a Trump supporter and be willing to come on the show. Like, what the hell is that about? Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I work with, uh, I work with a very outspoken Trump supporter and I can get up with him if you want. You uh, do. We, we, I like the guy a lot, but we can't talk politics in order to maintain our friends. Every once in a while it leaks out. Interesting. It's, it's, so, so, I, I mean, I don't think I'm there's people in my life that are Trump supporters like uh, my father-in-law um, but there's nobody who I can dad sorry <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's a very sensitive subject uh, you know she's gotten into like blow up fights with him about us in the last four years and he's always like it just doesn't match up we could get into this whole topic of like who are Trump supporters but he's like I've known him for almost 14 years he's a great guy he doesn't fit the attributes of what I would like I think his thing is he's very tribal with the party. Like he's he has this like deep seated resentment. He's in his late sixties, deep seated resentment against Democrats that probably stems back like literally like fifty years, and that's like it's almost like that drives all of his other sentiments. And he kind of like it's almost like confirmation bias. Does that make sense? Oh uh, sure, sure. You know, I I kind of feel like. You know, growing up, and I'm from Southern California, so it's not like I I left a, I came from a kind of middle America type of, I came from a city in a town that lives in a bubble to a city in a town that lives in a bubble. <laughs> right. And it's the same kind of bubble. But when I was growing up and when I started voting, and I tell my kids this, because I, since Trump's been elected, I constantly apologize to my kids. Say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. We're supposed to leave this world a better place for our kids. I failed you. I'm <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's not your fault. But I tell them, I said, when I used to vote, you didn't always get the person you wanted to win to win. But you got to, so if you get, and I've always voted Democrat. Uh, but, you know, I, I would say, okay, we'll get through it. We'll survive. It'll be a Republican. And the Republicans probably said, oh, okay, it's a Democrat. We'll get through it. We'll survive. And they kind of like would learn to work together. I've never, ever experienced. Well, and, I, and it goes back to Obama. Okay. Because when Obama became president and the first thing Mitch McConnell came out and said was, I will make sure that anything he supports will not pass. It won't go through. And I'm like, wow, how, how is that? And it's just that to me was the beginning of opening my eyes and realizing, wow, there are a lot more ignorant, racist pieces of shit that out in the United States than I really thought. And am I allowed to say something like that? Oh like, yeah, please. A piece of shit? Please, please do. I encourage that because I, I've I've said much okay. worse. Um. Yeah. No. I. It's interesting because I, I'm like disheartened in a way that like this is our state, but I guess like what's happened over the last twelve years since Obama got elected was just like the racists are, are less like under the baseboards. They're more out in the open and make no mistake about like when McConnell's saying stuff like that. And like, remember like Boehner, like the, the old speaker of the house, like, like it's, I feel like it's racially. You cried all the time. <laughs> I feel like it's all racially coded stuff though. Isn't it? Like, it's like, it's not like, yeah. like why, why is he not willing to work with Obama? Like, what's the reason he's not going to say because he's the first president of color. 
but that's essentially what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. I kind of feel like, oh, wow, that opened my eyes. And when he became president, he kind of gave it the stamp of approval. He just basically said, it's okay to be racist. It's okay to, you know, be a white supremacist. It's okay to be, you know, uh, you know, hate Jews and to against Mexicans. We need to put up a wall. And it's like everything was like, he just opened up the floodgate. Uh, the worst is when he tries to gaslight that he's not a racist like when he says shit like I'm the best president for African Americans since Abraham Lincoln or like that he's not like an anti-Semitic because his son-in-law is Jewish like all this stuff I just it's a crock of shit you know what's really funny that you say that Chris he he actually I have a clip of him uh, saying I'm the greatest president and biggest supporter of African-Americans ever, ever. And he's doing it at a rally, and every person behind him is white. Yep. And I and I wrote, if you're going to say something like that, at least have some black people behind I you. Know. Don't gonna have all these white people behind you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, don't believe your eyes and your ears. Trust what I say. That's his whole mantra. But um, before we get into more, I want to ask you, you touched on this a little bit. Can we talk a little bit about how you grew up? You mentioned you grew up in Southern California. What kind of values were instilled? instilled? What's your um, sibling situation like? I know your brother was going to come join us. Hopefully, he'll be able to join us in a future pod. But um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about yeah. just your upbringing? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Southern California uh, with uh, my, my dad was born in L.A., my mom, believe it or not, was born in uh, Brighton Beach, but she moved to L.A. when she was like six years old. And my parents were real Californians, but they were kind of hippies. And the values that I grew up with were, it was, it was kind of like peace, drugs, rock and roll type of values. And it, my parents never said, do your homework. They never said, you know, you got to do this to go to college. I was the, I'm the oldest of four. Okay. Uh, I have two sisters that are younger than me, and then uh, uh, my brother Steve, who's ten years younger than me. So it's from from me down to my brother, and uh, Jewish. We were, you know, but I was a Jew in Southern California in an area that was like I was the only Jew that lived on my block. Uh, there weren't a lot of Jews uh, that I knew at all. I didn't date any Jewish girls. My parents didn't care. My parents didn't care. It was so weird. The only thing my mom cared about was, are you going to go to Hebrew school and get a bar mitzvah? <laughs> and I was like, well, why? <laughs> I'm like, you guys didn't do that. Why, why do I have to do that? Well, because we want you to. And my dad was kind of like, he was never around. He kind of, my dad was kind of a playboy. He was an actor when he was young. He was a good looking guy, uh, very athletic, always on the road, not for good reasons most of the time. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a loving parental household, but I was, I had a lot of freedom, except I had to go to Hebrew school. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> so I fought that all the way. But they did teach me, and my dad taught me basically that all men are created equal. Men and women are created. He treated women with respect, and a little kind of a kind of chauvinistic guy in a way with the way he was with women and cheated on my mom, but that we don't want to, we don't need to go into that, but 
he 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 had a lot of black friends. He had a lot of Hispanic friends. He you know Asian friends, and everyone my dad was everyone loved my dad, and my dad loved everyone. Sometimes more than he needed to. Uh, but and, and my mom was very uh, kind of subservient, but she loved my dad a lot, and. Uh, we always had dinner together, but politics never discussed. Uh, I didn't know who my parents voted for, although if they even voted, uh, you know, they never spoke about, you know, who they're going to vote for. Who was a good, I remember, I remember when Kennedy died, I was like a little kid, but I remember it so distinctly. My mom crying, like, you know, what happened? What happened? She had the president of the United States was killed. And I'm like, Oh, Who's the president of the United States? I was a little kid. I was like three years old. I didn't even know what was going on. But I remember that. It was so weird. Uh, that's the only political conversation I ever had with my parents. Interesting. They, you know, but my, my, I, I was an athlete in high school. Uh, I got into UCLA. I went for a year. My, my whole, you know, I, I made it through school without studying and opening a book. How about that? All through high school without studying and opening a book. All I wanted to do was surf and go to the beach. Uh, surfed a lot, got to UCLA, uh, and I didn't go to my classes. And uh, my dad said, you're done. You know, I gave you money for college, no more money for you. And then my parents broke up. Then I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I kind of was like a lost soul. And I was the oldest, and I was kind of like trying to figure things out, and I got drunk with some friends and we enlisted in the Marines. And I'm like, why did we do that? And then the next day we tried to get out. <laughs> we went back and they were like, oh, no, we're sorry. You're, you're in. And I had long hair, long Jufro, big Jufro. And I, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I did not oh, know any shit. of this. This is great. Yeah, well, trust me, my life's a movie, Chris. Uh, I, I remember getting uh, off the bus in Camp Pendleton. Uh, and I remember the drone instructor looking at me and just laughing because my hair was like this huge thing and he shaved, they shaved my head off and I was like, shit. But I was, I was able, I got out early. Uh, I had one year of college, which kind of made me a Rhodes Scholar in the Marine Corps. Okay. I was like the smartest guy in my whole platoon with a bunch of convicts. I was in there, I was in there with these guys that were told, either you're going to jail or you're going to the Marines. So I don't like, the smart Jew in the Marines with all these big convicts. But I was smart enough to say, hey, guys, look, you're kind of dumb. I'm not. I don't want you to beat the shit out of me. I'll teach you how to take that 5.5 M16 rifle, how to take it back together in two minutes because you guys can't even read the book. <laughs> so I'll teach you as long as you don't kick my ass. So, I, you know, I did these smart it's things. It's good bartering right there. Got through it. My drone instructor called me private Jew boy. It was great. Uh, I had asthma, so I really shouldn't have been able to get into the Marines. And after a year and a half, they gave me an honorable discharge under medical conditions. And I was like, thank God, because I wanted to get out from day one. I didn't want to be in. But I was good. I made it through all the training and everything like that. And I made it through boot camp. And I was uh, military police. And then I got a medical discharge. I let my hair grow out and my backpack through Europe. That's where I learned everything politics and learned about the world 
This is sometime I'm guessing life. in the eighties now, or where that's what, if, I'm, if, I'm, if my math this is, is correct. This is the eighties, right? Okay, in the eighties, and this is when you used to be able to backpack through Europe and hitchhike through Europe, and uh, I stayed for two years backpacking. I ended up going to Israel and living on a kibbutz at the very end. Went back to the United States. And I said, okay, now I want to go back to college because now I know what, what I want to do. And I got into entertainment and the arts, like into theater and everything like that. Uh, but it was traveling through Europe that opened my eyes to uh, humanity and the arts and freedom and, uh, you know, being able to go from country to country to country and meet all these different people. I thought it was so awesome. Traveling to me is the, the greatest book that I ever read. It was just like, I, I just got so much out of it and learning from people. Um, and I went back to college, got my, uh, degree in theater. Like I said, smaller college, not UCLA, Cal State Northridge, uh, worked in entertainment, came to New York, worked in entertainment, married a very smart woman. Actually, that was probably the best thing I ever did was marry a smart woman from the East coast, a woman who grew up, Exactly looking, if, you know, the story that you want to find about, like, somebody that grew up with values. She grew up with values. The parents who taught her, like, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to college. Right out of high school, you're going to get four years in. Here's here's what's good. Democrats are good. Republicans are bad. You know, and this is why. And she educated me so much. And she probably kept me, you know, from, you know, becoming a degenerate, probably, because she... I would say, oh, you can't do that. You gotta like watch yourself. So, uh, she was the, uh, guiding light in my life when it came to, uh, the importance of voting. And, you know, yeah, I was kind of, yeah, yeah, I'll go vote. Yeah, whatever. Although, yeah, what's the matter? You vote in New York. Everybody votes Democratic just the way it is. But your vote doesn't count. But, we we voted the other day. We waited at the town center. Yep, we did America, as well. And yeah, she was so excited. She felt so good just to be able to cast her vote. I'm like, yeah, it's great. No, it's great. She was like, I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. This election, it's great. It's great to be able to, even though we know that New York's gonna, you know, vote for Biden and he's gonna get New York and everything like that. Just to be able to vote against Trump. I completely agree. I, I, yeah, that's that's a great. I mean, I, I appreciate the whole backstory and kind of like it all makes sense now. Now that you you fill that all in for me, like you know, I've been friends with you f- fairly just recently. Knowing that is 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 all the con- all the great context. And one thing I want to say, and I, I want to address the voting thing you just said. But um, my mom is a little bit. She's older than you by a little bit. She was old enough. Like she was like I don't know. I guess she was like probably eleven or something when JFK got shot and killed she remembers right. the same thing I, I think she cried i remember like so it's just really interesting that that anybody who's like over the age of like 59 knows remember, like remembers that day so well now and like it's one of those dates that like right. like is, is just infamous and i <laughs> I, I won't even go down the rabbit hole of like other if other presidents like the reaction when when trump got covid was almost like polar opposite of that by a lot, a lot of a lot of people but um anyway um, the voting yeah. thing though, yeah, the voting thing, like, like in, in that, along in that same vein, like I was like, you know, like, yeah, New York's going to clearly go democratic. That's not the question, but it's like casting a vote against that fucker. 
if it could be one more vote against his ego that he lost, that he can't claim voter fraud or illegals voting. You know, if if the popular vote, even if, if you know, God forbid, he wins in in two in two days from now, if yeah, I know, well, I'm not going to go there yet, but like. If, if it could be like 5 million people, that he lost the popular vote by 5 million. Like, I, like the, the, the larger, if I could just incrementally add to the narrative that he's, nobody likes him, that's good enough for me. Outside of all the points of local politics, obviously. But yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, we live in a bubble, right? You know, our world isn't what the majority, it feels like that's out there. Oh, I know that. I know that well. I mean, I, you know, I grew up on Long Island. I went to school in the South. Long Island for the East Coast is pretty red. And um, going to school in the South, it's like a drive, even just driving around certain places. I went, you know, to school in Atlanta, which is a metropolitan. It's pretty blue as the city goes and diverse and everything else. But I mean, I've seen some pretty, I've seen the parts of the country between like my traveling to and from college, times I went out to like, the West coast. And I remember I drove from like LA to Vegas one time, like seeing like all these like middle America, just towns. My dad grew up in like the rural South, rural South Carolina. It's the same sort of like I've, I've seen it. So I know that like, this is a complete bubble. I'm well aware of that. Um, so, all right. So speaking of which, so we talk about that, like, obviously like, um, the elections in two days from now, um, how do you summarize president Trump? from what we've seen and with the election two days away, how would you pers- plead to any swing voters to not vote for the guy? One word, COVID. <laughs> I mean, if that, if that can't influence you on how to vote for the president of the United States, then you're ignorant. Okay. And you're, and you only care about yourself. If you believe in herd immunity, if you believe, you know, they're old people, they're going to die anyway. If you believe, you know, kids are strong, they're not going to die, then you're ignorant. And if you think the way he's handled this and the way he's lied, you know, no, maybe the one word should be lie or liar because he lies always. Every day he lies. Every day he's been president, he lies. And they prove his lies. And you, it doesn't take much to figure out that he's lying. But if you don't care about him lying, then you're ignorant. And you deserve to get COVID. And you deserve to get sick. I don't think you deserve to die. I think he deserves to die of COVID. And the fact that he survived just upset me so much but i i i'm a strong believer and this is the california part of me in karma okay i believe in karma yep and i believe that he's he's gonna lose he's gonna lose bad how he's gonna handle losing is something i'm scared about yep but not only is he gonna lose bad but i think then the shit's gonna hit the fan for him and i and i really hope that they can open the door for him in China and he could go live there. Otherwise I think he's going to go to jail and he, he, he deserves to rot in jail and he deserves to rot in hell. 
I think that's a really honest take and very few people admit that. And I'm with you on that. Like, I don't like feel sorry for the guy. I was rooting against him when he was sick. I was, but then part of me was yeah. like, you know, it's almost like he's getting off the hook too easily. Like I want to see him get his ass kicked in the, in the election. I want to see him go to jail. I want to see him suffer even from his ego. I want to see it all kind of come crashing down. And like, listen, I don't wish like, like death upon anybody, but I'm making a few exceptions for some of these like Republican lawmakers that are out there with the McConnell's of the world, the Tucker Carlson's of the world, the Trump, like I'm not wishing it, but I'm like, I'm certainly not going to shed a tear about it. I'm not shedding it. I didn't shed a tear when he was sick. And if he didn't have some cocktail of these experimental drugs that are like hundreds of thousands of dollars that he got because he's the president, like he probably would have died. He's some fat fuck who's 70 something years old and he's not a beacon of health as it is. And he's, he's, He's not long, like his, his longevity and his health is like, he's kind of like on borrowed time as I, I think it is anyway. I think, I think that cocktail that he had was just like more Big Macs. I think Big Macs <laughs> are Diet like Cokes, right? cocktail. Yeah. Ridiculous. But, um, like he, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's, he's, it's, but I think you, you summarized it well. He's he's just a lying piece of shit. He lies. And like, so here's, I'm going to give you some rebuttals of what people would say on his side about COVID. Oh, well, he's, you know, he shut okay. down, he shut down China. He shut down China. Like um, he, he, he did it. Other people like Biden said it was xenophobic. He shut down China and nobody could have prevented this. Like it was really terrible. Like people expected two million deaths. Here. It was already here. I know. He I know. Yep. It was already here. Okay. And he knew it was here. And he lied, and they they found out on one of the tapes was was it with Bob Woodruff, yeah, or yeah. like that. Yeah, where, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, okay, okay. Give me more rebuttal. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, that, those are the big talking points. It's always that's the same stuff. It's like second grade talking points that he has, and he and he and he recycles over and over again. Whether it's the the debate or if it's uh he's on Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or Fox and Friends, it's all the same shit. And like his supporters just take it hook, line, and sinker. It's like. You know, the whole like narrative, like, oh, the media paints him like in a bad picture. Like, no, like my eyes, ears and brain filter out his crap. They filter out his bullshit. And anybody who can't do that, like, I, I, I don't I don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. Well, he he has really his. His voting support is he has the majority of the uneducated voters voting for him. So what does that tell you? The uneducated voters are voting for him. Rednecks and racists are voting for him. People that only care about their own paycheck and not about others are voting for him. My Leslie and I are always going, how do women vote for him? How do black people vote for him? How do Hispanics vote for him? That's what blows us away more than anything. I mean, we just we were watching 60 Minutes tonight. And there was this uh, interesting story they did on Ohio, and uh, and that's you know it's it's what scares me is like these states like Ohio and Arizona and Wisconsin. I have a daughter that's a reporter that just graduated from the University of Wisconsin, and she's a reporter in Wisconsin. She's in Wisconsin. Okay. You share that in social media. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I have another daughter that got her master's in occupational therapy and she's not occupational therapist in Minnesota, in Minneapolis where George Floyd was murdered. Okay. Uh, she's, I mean, I have kids, my son graduated from the university of Arizona. Yep. So my son came from Arizona, 
I have a daughter in Wisconsin, and I have three swing states. Daughter in Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I have kids all in swing states, and I've seen it what it's like out there, and it and it it scares me, and it scares me how the people that should be supporting them, like women, like uh, Black America, how does it, how does a black person with what's going on the turmoil in our world? With Black Lives Matter and the injustice injustice that's going on, how do people that care about people vote for somebody like him who supports Proud Boys, who supports, you know, white supremacists? I mean, I don't... It, it, well, <laughs> it, it's that there are a lot of people out there that aren't like us. Yeah, it, it, it boggles my mind. Listen, I'm mixed race. I'm a person of color. My dad is black. You know, I identify as a person of color, um, but I'm Wait, mixed. you're black? I didn't know that. <laughs> no, people, some, some people think I'm, I'm Latino. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like it's, it's, it's an interesting classification. I mean, I'm, I'm mixed. I'm person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in, in an upper middle class town that's very similar to the town that we live in. So I've been well off, but I mean, like, I'm still like, relatively speaking, like, I'm... Uh, you know, a target in America. I can't fathom how anybody who's not some like uneducated hillbilly or some, like you said, the categories that you mentioned could vote for it. I just, it just boggles my mind. Like you said, the people of color, women, I just don't get it. I, I, I can't like, like you could t- tell me that like, Oh, I, I disavowed the proud boys, but like, look at what he actually, look at the people that are like carrying tiki torches at, in Charlottesville and all this other shit. Like, like, how can you not see that? And how could your brain process that, 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 that's not okay. And this guy is not for your, well, like the best, your best interest. It's unbelievable. Do you, uh, have you seen what's going on in the last two days yeah. with these Trump caravans <laughs> running cars off the road, blocking yep. roadways and yep. going, you know, running the, the, the Biden, uh, Harris how- bus. Yeah. I, I did see this, and I was, this is actually one of the things I was going to talk about. We can talk about it now. What do you think about that? What that like? I've seen. I actually saw there was there've been like road shutdowns in New York and New Jersey. I saw like the Whitestone Bridge. I saw the Garden State Parkway. I saw the thing obviously in Texas with the Harris and, and Biden campaign. Um, and I don't know if you've seen. I'm not going to again. I'm not going to say what, 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 what our town, but in our area, there's been a few like Trump caravans driving around on one of the main roads yeah. in the area. Like what the fuck? And these people aren't the majority a, here, to be clear. We know that. We're in a bubble. They're not but. the majority. And, 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 I, and I think it's, it's the ignorant being scared. That's the way I look at it. You, it seems like there's a lot of them, but there aren't a lot of them. I agree. And I think it's the ignorant being scared, and this is how they respond. Uh, Trump came out today and said about that caravan that kind of like ran the Biden bus off the road and hit other cars that they were trying to protect the Biden bus. He came out and said that, so he supported them for what they did. He came out, to, and I'm like, oh my God, this guy just... just he really it, thinks we're all fucking stupid. Me is it's how unbelievable. he comes up with these lies. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's just, he'll take anything and spin it. And, I, and I, I don't have any sympathy for people that, that buy his, his mountain of bullshit that he tries yeah. to shovel. It's unbelievable. Um. Yeah, I, I, these caravans. I agree. Like to your point, like they're they're the minority. If they were so confident in the result on Tuesday, they wouldn't be out. They'd be sitting at exactly. home with their families or their friends, 
drinking uh, Budweiser, whatever the hell they do, smoking a Marlboro, and just and, and not doing that. It's all it's, it's it's insecurity. And like I love to see these fuckers, the look on their faces, if what uh, what seems like it's going to happen on Tuesday happens. But everybody's shell shocked to say that. But yeah, no, I I agree with you, Chris. But I'm a little worried now about our country where we are. What's going to happen? When Trump loses, because I'm praying to God he loses, I got so much anxiety right now. When Trump loses, how it's going to affect these sick people. In Long Island today, I saw footage of this guy from Corcoran Real Estate. It's on Facebook now. Going around and ripping out Biden-Harris, you know, banners that are on houses and streets. And he's ripping them out, ripping them up. And this woman went up to him and goes, you can't do that. And he goes... Fuck you, cunt. I'll do whatever I want. Like, she was by herself. And she was filming him. And she goes, who are you? He's like, well, you should know. Well, she found out who he is. He's some real realtor from Corcoran Real Estate. She got his name. It's on Facebook now. They got his name up with the footage of what he's doing. So I'm hoping that he loses his fucking job. I'm sure he is. And I'm hoping that these people get shut down. But I'm afraid that... Trump is going to fight losing and he's going to, you know, he's packed these courts with the judges. Okay. He's packed the Supreme court. Now Uh, he's packed the, the federal courts around the country with judges. That's been one of the things that they've been doing over four years. One of the only things that they've really been able to do besides not protect our planet uh, is, you know, pack the courthouses with, you know, Republican judges i mean they're talking about trying not to count these votes in texas right these mail-in ballots yeah, i saw that, that actually got rejected that got rejected so the only state that i saw there was success it got rejected got rejected I, I, oh, so God. texas north carolina and another setting maybe it was pennsylvania got rejected there was like michigan or wisconsin they said they they did whatever the shenanigans are it's all voter suppression suppression tactic it's re- tactics it's ridiculous and yeah there's a lot of stuff i i agree with you like 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 i think we both assume the outcome is going to be Biden. And I actually think, I mean, you you could, people like to throw out the whole Nate Silver 538 data, but at the end of the day, the guy is, after all the egg in his face in 2016, he's come out and his, the odds to for Biden to win the election, I think are, are 90% now, either 89 or 90%. So like he, in spite of what happened then, he's still saying that. There's all these different paths that Biden can take. If, if, if Trump loses any state, like if Trump loses Florida, it's over. If Trump loses Texas, which is even... It's up for debate. It's done. He might. There's actually. Um, th- it's actually three times more likely that he loses. Trump loses in a landslide than wins it altogether. So it's like the odds of him winning, just like a toss-up, are one third as likely as Biden winning in a landslide. So I don't know, but I agree you with know you. What my Jewish grandmother, my Jewish grandmother, Nettie Rubenstein. <laughs> what I, a name know, that is. My, I love your Nettie Rubenstein. It doesn't get any more Jewish than that. Yeah. You know what she used to say. From your mouth to God's ears. Exactly. Exactly. Your lips, your mouth to God's ears. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, mean, I'm scared. I agree with you. I'm scared. But I'm most scared about, like, actually, like, like, like there's there's a bunch of hurdles to get there. There's the hurdle of, all right, let's win this fucking election on Tuesday. And then after that, there's what's going to happen, like you said afterwards. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what is the reaction going to be? You saw this Whitmer, this uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, the plot that, like, 
basically yeah. like 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 this, yeah. like it's like it was almost like the, the shit that you'd see on like Homeland, where like the of course they yeah. could pick the terrorists that aren't in the United States. These are these are, these essentially are these militia guys, these white supremacists. They're terrorists. Let's not mince words, but like they take these like you know Muslim terrorists. They they, they like try people as if like. They try them for their crimes in this like rogue court. I mean, that's essentially what they wanted to do with Whitmer. They wanted to like take all these hostages. It's fucking batshit. And there's all these like, there's just the, all these plots that are going to be out there like that. And like that's the stuff that gets me like rattled. You know, you know, you just you just sparked an idea. You know what we need when Trump loses? We need Mossad. We need the Israelis to come into the United States. And to shut those apps, you talk about Homeland. You ever see the TV show Fauda? No. Have you ever watched Fauda? Oh, you gotta watch. If you, did you watch Homeland at all? Oh, I watched every every uh, episode of Homeland. Fauda blows Homeland out of the water. What what network Netflix. is it on? Fauda, Netflix. F A U D A. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. The best. The and I think that creator of Homeland uh, did Fauda, and. You bring Mossad into the United States to shut these Proud Boys and these white supremacists and all these other, uh, you know, radical groups. They'll shut them down. They'll shut them down fast. But I got a question for you, Chris. Yes. Uh, do you think Biden is going to go more than four years when he gets elected? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, the guy's 78 years old. Is that right? 77, 78? I mean, yeah. You know, like I know there's all this narrative. There was all these narratives out there that he's not lucid and he's that's Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, all this stuff by the Republicans. And like, listen, I mean, Trump himself is a, is a sociopath lunatic that speaks like a second grader. But I, I having said that, I do think it's unlikely Biden's going to go eight years. You tell me he's going to be serving as the president, even if he wins and gets reelected until he's 86, 85, whatever, whatever it is. It's unlikely. That's why this Kamala, I guess. But um Kamala. So, so let's say it's Kamala. Okay, a black woman right. running in four years in twenty twenty four that she's going to run for president. You know who's going to run against her? Who do you think is going to run for president? Pence. Don, Don Junior. Pence is going to run for president. Right. Oh God. It may be Pence. Pence. I think probably with would. what you're saying, if if Trump gets blown away, like you're you're saying that he could get blown away, and if all the shit really if there is justice and there is karma, I think it's going to affect not only him, but hopefully that whole fucking family is going to get fucked in their ass. Uh, and that they'll never be able that they're, it'll hopefully what's going to happen to him. is like, what happened to Madoff? You know, it's like, you're going to be done. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to have to hide. You're going to be in jail and then you're going to die. Right. Right. No, I, I agree. Like I, and I'm, I'm a believer of karma and, something bigger than this. And like, I, I think that like, like, you know, I mean, look, Amy Comey Barrett and um, Pence had flies on them during like public hearings. I mean, you think that's a coincidence? Like we got to look at kind of the signs out there like that. And like Trump got COVID. It's like COVID happened this year. Thank God, because all these narratives out there like, Oh, the stock market's great. Like somehow like Trump's pulling a lever of like putting money in people's pockets. The guy is a fucking failed businessman. Doesn't pay his taxes just because he has gold hotels and casinos and all this other bullshit people think he's like the he's like the 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 this aspiring he's like jeff bezos or something like that it's ridiculous 
And he's over how much is he in debt? Uh, what is that? I don't even know. Some kind of obscene over amount. Five hundred million dollars. Yeah, but he'll like make an excuse for that, and like, and like I, I hear all this. Oh, he's not a politician. He's a fucking idiot. That's what he is. He's a liar. He's just a liar. He's just a liar. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What else, buddy? Um, no, uh, I was going to ask. Could, you. I could go on and on about. No, shit. we could go on. No, I, I, I want to go back to the, my original question and try to keep a level head about this. Somebody is a swing voter. Okay. They're not a Republican like right. lunatic who's like, oh, Trump, Trump, like frothing from the mouth. They actually are like, you know, Trump, like, I think he's an They're asshole. Sure. Uh, but Biden, you know, I'm not sure he's going to serve four years and I'm worried about Antifa. Like, I'm just thinking about all these narratives that are out there, which which we could get through the whole, onto the whole Antifa nonsense. Right, right. But what would you say to them? Yeah. How, would you, how uh, would you engage them in a conversation of well, like, like if if they're not seeing the I, lying thing, I think what I would basically say to anyone undecided still at this time uh, would be: Do you have kids? Do you do you care about the next generation that comes onto this planet? Do you believe? Do you believe in science? Because not only is science by denying what's happening with COVID, but science and what's happening with our planet, with the, the fires and the hurricanes and uh, just how we have to figure out ways. You don't, you don't need to rake the, the, the carpet of the forest, okay? That's not going to solve what's going on with our, you know, our climate condition and global warming. There are some people, I mean, if they're, if they're not sure, then I think maybe they have a chance of, being educated and if it's just not about money that's in their pocket, if it's about humanity and our kids and the planet uh, and understanding that uh, politics means we have to work together. Biden has already said he's going to work with Republicans. He wants to work with Republicans. That's why he needed to be, the president, when we had 28 candidates up there, Biden had to be the one because we needed somebody that would work with the pres- with the Republicans. Right. The only other person that I thought would do that was uh, Amy Klobuchar. I thought might work with Republicans, but I think Biden's the one that he has a reputation. I mean, look at look at his relationship with uh, uh, what's his name from Arizona, McCain. I mean, they were like right. best friends, but friends they would. They would fight during the day. They would have dinner at night. Can you see Trump having dinner? I mean, so I would say we we need somebody that's going to work for everybody, that cares about everybody, that it's not about... I think Biden had one, one great line in the debate. You know, it's not about, uh, you know, being a Republican. It's not about being a Democrat. It's about being an American. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that, to me, is what we need. It's healing. He's not going to be able to fix our planet in four years, what what Trump has done in four years. Our planet, our reputation as the United States, as you know, we're an embarrassment right now. The United States is the biggest embarrassment of all the countries on this planet. Maybe, you know, maybe more than China. Uh, but we're an embarrassment. I have friends all over the world. I've worked in China. I've worked all over the world. Uh, they laugh at our country, and it's embarrassing. You know, we were 
Leslie and I were in Denmark uh, in January before COVID. And all our friends in, in uh, Copenhagen were laughing at, at us. Saying, oh, my God. Yeah. Who would ever think your country would be, you know, the country everybody's laughing at and pointing fingers at? Yeah, there's this whole attitude of I American mean, exceptionalism. But it's, it's like those are the people, the people that say that people that have never left the country, don't leave the country, don't talk to it, don't have friends in other places that actually could objectively assess America with all the, the good, bad, warts, everything in between. I mean, I think for America to work, we have to work together. And I think yeah. Biden is somebody that's willing to work together. And Trump's not. I mean, it's just basically black and white. Yeah, you know? I, I it agree. It really is. It's yeah. not... It's not left and right. Uh, it's black. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you that. That was gonna be my next question. Like, why Biden Harris? Like, like you already kind of started to get into that. You said basically Biden is somebody who's gonna be collaborative. He's gonna work with um, everybody. He's the president, not just for Democrats. He's the president for Republicans, Independents, Green Party, whatever else. I think Biden Harris is a good mix because she's a badass. Yeah. I mean, she was the. Attorney General of California. Yep. She she's a badass. But I also think that uh, we need these new younger politicians. We need a clean house, and and Biden included. This should be it for him. And I think he's willing to say this is it for me. I think the only reason he's even running is because Trump's such a fucktard that he felt like you know what I I may be the one that's this is you know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but I think we need people like Pete Buttigieg and Stacey Abrams and, yeah, yep. you know, Kamala. Uh, we need these young, energetic people to come and, you know, be smart and, to, and, and energetic young Republicans also. Right. Not just Democrats, energetic young Republicans that want to work for the people. It's not about, you know, Trump. It's all about Trump. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think, uh, Biden isn't that way. And I think, uh, fortunately, uh, there are these young Republicans that kind of like see politics in a different light, hopefully, and want to really make a change. Who would want to be the president of the United States? Yeah, I don't oh envy God. the job at all. All the different shit you have to deal with. It's just, you know, it's not like that they're getting paid, uh, you know, 17. There's, there's athletes that get paid way more than the president gets paid. And, you know, yeah. that they get to just entertain people and have a, everybody has a positive view of them. Um, then the, somebody who's the president or half the country or 40% or 30%, whatever, 35 hate, uh, even for the best president. So yeah, it's a job I don't envy. And I think you, you said it well. And I think I would add to it is that like, like just look at the key issues. Like if you ask somebody who's a moderate and independent, even a Republican, who's not a Trump Republican, what issues do you care about? Guns, Gun control? Do you want your 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 kids, your grandkids, being uh, going to school and and the school being shot up and then being murdered because our gun control culture is out of control? Do you want your daughter, granddaughter, not being able to decide and make a decision for her own body if she needs, uh, God forbid, to abort a pregnancy because there's a health issue or something? Like, you have to think about the issues that are there and what the people that are in the Republican Party today, by and large are pushing as far as agenda, as far as policy, forget even the dog, forget all the dog whistles and the interpretation or the other stuff, which you guys like you and I can see, or people like you and I can see, but others choose to ignore. But just look at the policies 
that's the that's the reason why I think you have to pick the person or the people that are really going to vote in your best interest and aren't like get all out of all the rah rah party bullshit. There, you know, religion is a scary factor. Uh, you know, uh, Roe versus Wade. You know, uh, the rights of women, uh, gun control, the right to, you know, bear arms. Uh, I don't think there's any Democrat that's ever said we don't want you to have the right to, you know, protect yourself ever. Right. But we don't think you need to have automatic weapons. We don't think you, you know, have. Maybe when deer start shooting back, maybe maybe then you might need. But right. until then, you're, you're going to be fine out there hunting with a bow and an arrow. And why don't you make it more of a sport? But the whole religious thing. There was a woman on 60 Minutes tonight in Ohio who basically who's voting for Trump, whose grandmother died of COVID, and she said, "You know, if God wants you to go, you're going to go. It's not Trump's fault." And I was kind of like, "Whoa, really?" That's that's how you look at it. Like, you know, it, it was God that took your grandmother away of COVID and she's still voting for Trump and her grandmother died of COVID. Unbelievable. It's, there's this religious, you know, sect that, you know, they're they're going to only vote for Trump because of Roe versus Wade. And then there are those for the, you know, the, the NRA, you know, supporters. And it's those are the scary people that really scare me in this country more than yeah. anything else. And that's yep. like those, you know, QAnon and uh, Proud Boys and those, you know, sects of uh, racist minds and religious, uh, just kind of religious nuts that yeah, are out zealots. there that yep. believe that you don't have a choice. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it it is sad. I think you hit the nail on the head. And um, yeah, people just are like like voting against their own self interest in so many different ways, and and it's just it's terrifying. Um, two two quick things I want to hit you on, then then we could we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, what do you think of this Hunter Biden? This Hunter Biden story. This whole narrative about the whole his whole laptop and his corruption and. Okay, here's here's the way I look at the Hunter Biden story. <laughs> Those who live in glass houses should throw stones, okay? So no matter what, if Hunter Biden got a job because of his father, I've been dealing with that shit, nepotism and all that stuff my whole life in the entertainment industry. It's like I don't get a job because this guy's related to this person with no experience. The kid, you know, it's like that's the way – Shit happens lots of times. And McConnell has family members that work in the Senate and work in the uh, judicial system and that work. These people are all hypocrites. It's like if they can give their kid a job. So Hunter Biden got a job because of his dad. Was he qualified? I don't know. But guess what, Chris? I don't care. You know, it, it doesn't affect me. His dad helped him get a job and he got a job. Uh, if I can help my son get a job in the sports industry and then great. I'm going to do that. And yeah. so I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, grasping, I, yeah. I, I agree. It's grasping. It's like, it's, it's like, a, it's such a phony story. Like who cares? And like, like you said, it's glass houses. Look at the, the, the hypocrisy that exists. You have Jared Kushner 
getting all these responsibilities oh he's not qualified for because of his father-in-law. Perfect example right there. Yeah. Ivanka, Jared Kushner, uh, you know. I mean, you could go to look at Melania's parents being able to come into the country and become citizens, and he puts up a wall for others not to be able to. I mean, like, don't. Uh, uh, don't get me going on this. The Hunter Biden thing is like, yeah, it's, give me a fucking break. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that's going to sway the swing voter in in Michigan. Oh well, because of Hunter Biden, who's not Joe Biden, by the way, I'm going to go cast the right. ballot for Trump. It's ridiculous. And and have they been able to prove anything? Wasn't it? No, Dr. it's all. It's, oh it's my like God. Rudy Giuliani's involved. Trying to get these papers sent to him. Yeah, he tried to get these papers. They had these documents about Hunter Biden, and they were being sent to their LA office. And they disappeared, and they couldn't get them, and they had them, and they're now doing this whole kind of uh, of uh, investigation to find out where these papers are. And I'm like, well, don't they have copies? You're, you're lying again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. give it a rest, Hunter Biden. I, I Hillary's email. I'm still yelling about Hillary's email. I know. She hasn't been a candidate for four frigging years. Why are we still talking about it? It's, ridiculous. it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. I know. All right, so here's the, my, my, my final question. Why is tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Tuesday, I guess, as we're recording on Sunday, November 3rd, going to be different than 2016? What makes the dynamics different of this election and what we might expect as an outcome? Forget the fallout of what we talked about and all the dangerous and fucking crazy people. What do you think? How, why do you think it's going to, why do you think it, it could be different? Well, how did you feel, and, and this is for us, this is for me personally, how did you feel when you found out Hillary lost to Donald Trump? How did you feel? What did that do to you? I mean, it, you remember where you were when yeah. you realized that yeah, we were, um, Trump was going to be just, president? We had just left the city. We were renting an apartment. It was uh, um, Eloise, our oldest, was four months old. Um, and it was just like surreal. I couldn't believe it, but I'll, I'll say this. I didn't feel, I had a icky feeling going into the day. I had a feeling that like just something like there's, there's, I, I didn't feel that it was in the bag the way that people had talked about it. Um, and even in spite of that, I feel that I'd be, I'd be more surprised if Biden lost than if Hillary lost. That's where, where I am. When I, when I, when I okay. especially when I look at all the, take, even take my feelings out of it, but go ahead. I got a lot of feelings about this. Okay. Uh, every day since Trump has been president of the United States has been a day where I've woken up and I, every day I wake up and I, and I shake my head and I go, God, how, how is he president of the United States? And every day the news, there's something about him in the news that is bad. It's never good. There's never been anything good. That election four years ago was my twins, Jake in Arizona, Alice in Wisconsin, first election that they voted in. Their hearts were broken because Donald Trump won. Their hearts were broken. I was in LA flying back to New York. I left LA, got on the airplane, and I said, when I land in New York, Hillary Clinton's going to be the president of the United States. Okay. Now I was on this plane and I was able to watch CNN 
And I was like an hour outside of New York when it was coming down to, I believe, Pennsylvania. And it was like going down to Michigan. And then Michigan went down. And I said, okay, he, he, you got to be Pennsylvania. It's going to come. And, and he lost, she lost Pennsylvania. And they said, Trump's going to be president. I said, I was like 45 minutes from landing. And I went to the flight attendant and I said, how much is it going to cost? to keep on flying and go straight to Europe. I go, cause I do not want to land. I felt sick to my stomach and I didn't want to land. And every day I've woken up and it's been, I, I still can't believe that he's president of the United States. And I've spoken to my wife and my kids. And I said, if he gets elected again, I'm out of here. I said, I'm either going to Vancouver or I'm going to Portugal. I'm out, I'm out of here. I'm, and, and know what my kids have said to me? They said, you can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? Of course I can do that. I'm old enough that I don't have to live in this shit if he gets elected again. And their dad, you can't run away. You got to fight. You got to stay here with us and you got to fight. We can't stop fighting. If, and I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> Not that we can even go to Portugal right now or Canada right, right. now anyway, right. because of COVID. But, uh, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a day where we're going to be able to breathe again. I feel like it's going to be a day where we're going to be able to, this has been the worst fucking year ever. It has. Okay. All my, yep. all my favorite baseball players have died. Uh, you know, uh, all these, you know, yeah. COVID, my kids have their, these kids, my kids had a college graduations that were virtual. Uh, my, my wife had a big birthday. We were going to go to Europe and travel. We haven't been able to do anything. We, my kids, I can't even see them as much as I want to see them. I want to breathe again. And I feel that when he loses and Biden wins, it's going to be like opening up the windows and letting fresh air come in again. I, I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it. It's, We've been living in this fog, it, nasty fog, like a science fiction fog. Uh, and we need like a superhero to come and blow it all away and let it go to Marlago. Blow yeah. the fog, all the fuck to Marlago, and let it just like land there and let him get his fucking ass thrown in. Yeah. I just want to feel freedom again and feel like we... We're we're not stupid. We have a we are smart. We we made a mistake, but we can fix it. It can be resolved. That's a good outlook, and I, I'm hopeful that it's the same. It's it's the case as well. Um, you know, I I, I do think it's going to be different. I think that when you look at just the data, I take the emotional part out of it. I you know I love to I love that metaphor of like a window opening and air coming in again, but. I look at the approval rating. I look at the polls. There's a lot of data out there that you could look at it, taking emotion out of it and be like, yeah, but what did the polls say for Hillary? I mean, like, well, I don't trust polls anymore. I know, I, I know they're this overwhelming is now and they're smarter now, but it's like, I can't trust polls anymore. And yeah, not, it's hard for people to do that. Not until we get this done and he, and he does blow Trump out of the water. Yeah. Then, then maybe I'll trust polls again. Yeah. It's a, it's, you know, Hillary lost, um, she was, Trump won, he was within the margin of error for polling. And there were a lot of people that were quote shy Trump voters. And apparently there's not evidence of that. Now the voters have are voted for him or out there. 
the, the polling numbers are bigger than what they were. Biden never had a deficit in this whole time. Like Hillary, I think was, was trailing him in, um, in polls at least like three or four times throughout the, the year leading up to it. So like that's some of the difference. And also his approval rating is crap. It's worse than any president yeah. that's ever been reelected. So since they've been, since they've been calculating that. So those are the things I'm hanging my hat on. But again, there's anxiety. I'm not going to completely relax until the results in who knows how long it's going to take with the mail-in ballots and COVID and all the other stuff that's at play. But yeah, that's uh, here's the hoping our lips to God's ears, our mouths to God's ears is your, so well, anyway, Brad, this has been a blast. I appreciate it. Um, I want to end with, um, I want to give you a plug for your, your passion project. Could you tell uh, the listeners a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, I've been working six years on a Broadway musical I'm doing about Richie Valens. Uh, it's called Come On, Let's Go, the Richie Valens musical. It's going to be starting uh, out in Seattle, probably. Uh, but now COVID's really affected theater. We're two years away from uh, the first production actually getting started, but I'm working with uh, Los Lobos, two band, Louis Perez and David Hidalgo of Los Lobos are writing new music for us. I've been working with Richie's siblings, uh, Tony Picone, who directed John Leguizamo's Latin History, According to Morons, or uh, something like that uh, on Broadway is directing the show for us. Uh, an incredible writer, Octavio Solas, is writing the book, uh, He's really, really excited about it. So that's going on. And my brother, who wasn't able to join us, who hopefully will be able to, who's a very well-off Biden supporter and Democrat in Southern California, we're going to be starting uh, our own podcast that you've been helping with, with uh, which has been great, called uh, The Grim Brothers Garfield. Uh, we're... We're, we're not optimistic about a lot of things. We're mad. We're angry. But we are optimistic. And after we get through all the anger, we're optimistic. If you, if you believe in us and you listen to us and you do what we say, then we'll be very optimistic. But we're very pissed off about the state of the world right now. And my brother looks up to me and he tries to, uh, you know, read the papers. And uh, I try to get him off Twitter. I'm like, you can't get all the news from Twitter. You got to like read some things and he's learning uh, about uh, all the crap that's out there. And he's, he's mad and we're excited about, you know, getting our voice out there to just like yell and scream at people. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that and I'll provide more information to the, to my listeners about um, how to find a pod. I'll give you some plugs there, but uh, uh, any people, could you just give a, like a, a Twitter handle where to follow, follow you personally? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't hide my name anywhere. Brad Garfield. Uh, I think I'm Brad Garfield on Twitter. Um, Brad Garfield on Instagram. Um, uh, I have my production company on Instagram also. Northridge Productions is on Instagram. And, uh, if you want information about the Broadway musical and, uh, stuff about Richie Mellon, Carlos Santana just did a nice little video for us. It's called, uh, uh, what is it called? <laughs> the Rich Times Musical dot com. Uh, and uh, that's yeah, that's me. Awesome out there. I will post that on my yeah. on my Twitter. And um, yeah, Brad, this has been awesome. Thanks again for joining. And 
here's to hoping for a blue result on Tuesday, on Tuesday, not just in, in, in the, in the big, in the white house, but also in the Senate. Let's hope that we can flip oh, the shit, Senate too. Yeah. But um, get that piece of shit McConnell out there. Get him, get him out. out. Get Lindsey Graham out. Get the critique shit. There are a lot of pieces of shit out yep. there, man. Send Mitch. You Mc... gotta like go with their doggy scoopers and clean them all up. Send Mitch McConnell back to 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 his turkey lookalike contest in Kentucky or something like that. So. Yeah, I hope that he loses in November third, and that they stuff him and <laughs> put him in the oven, and they eat him for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Oh, here's the here's the whole thing. Oh, Mitch McConnell. My grandmother would say from your mouth to God's ears on that one. Cool. Well, uh, all right, Brad. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for joining. Tote number one. And we've had our dog Bruno for just over five and a half years. He's just under 50 pounds. He's a mixed breed rescue dog from Thailand with a little shepherd, a little dachshund, and maybe some hound mix in. Now, he was the first living thing in our family even before kids, and if we could use one word to describe him, it would be quirky. Every once in a while, there is some sort of noise that's unfamiliar to him, or often some sort of gadget that seems even atypically strange for the human world that dogs must go crazy trying to process. Now, when this happens, what he'll do is confusingly tilt his head 45 degrees to one side, then rotate it 45 degrees to the other. Now, when I hear a guy share that he isn't into sports and follows nothing, I want to have this exact reaction. I realize this comes across as both incredibly judgmental and a cliche bro move, neither of which I'm proud of, but I'm going to call it like I see it. And I also want to be sensitive because I realize that often gay men fit this category since there is this reflexive tendency to reject the machismo and both implicit and explicit homophobia associated with the institution of sports. But I find this most off-putting with straight males, not because I am some homophobic douche, quite the contrary, but I really cannot stand when a guy doesn't follow sports. I find it to be often a very righteous stance that actually is bathed in a handful of character flaws, insecurity, narcissism, and a disinterest in the admiration of others. Follow something. You know, there's a gamut of sports out there that are metaphoric to life lessons and the game of life in general. Now, try to see beyond the swinging bat and the helmet ramming and the ball launching and the puck slapping or anything else. So to me, my hot take number one is when a guy doesn't have the acumen to discuss sports at all, I generally am out on that guy. Sorry to say. Tote number two. This might come across as incredibly bougie, but when available, you got to get espresso-based drinks over drip coffee. All right? Listen, I know most of you out there are probably drip coffee people. All right? I'm not too good for coffee. Drip coffee in the right circumstances can hit the spot. There's a lot of ways you can prepare it. It's, there's percolators. There's Keurigs. And it certainly has the, the caffeine boost you need to get through your day. But it's just not the same level of quality as a latte, an Americano, a flat white. A macchiato, straight espresso. It just isn't. I know it sounds bougie and there's a stigma of espresso-based drinks depending on who you talk to, but it's just better. And every time I have the choice to have an espresso drink like an Americano, which is my personal favorite, um, or a coffee, and I choose the coffee, I'm disappointed. There's no, there's no other way to say it. 
All right, Europeans got it right. They have a lot of things right, like the metric system, Celsius degrees, less complicated. Straightforward. Espresso over coffee is the way to go. Tote number three. I find it fascinating that in our lives, we literally know at a given time and, and associate with a given time thousands of people, if not tens of thousands of people that we meet uh, throughout our lives. And uh, every single person has a distinct voice. Now, there are always voice doppelgangers out there, but in our life, I, it's mar- I sit there and I marvel often at the voice thing. I mean, just try this for a second. Think about all the people that you associate with, that you talk to, friends, relatives, coworkers. And usually it takes just a handful of seconds to recognize a voice. And I'm sure there's an anthropological, anthropological concept at play, but this is one of the great marvels of the world and do not take it for granted. I think the distinction of voices is one of the most fascinating things going. Tote number four. All right, we have the election upon us. Some of you might be listening to this after the election has already happened, but I'm going to archive my take on this now. Um, and I'm actually going to be have a stronger conviction about what happens in, in the respective scenarios with the Trump win versus a Biden win. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. He's going to be Trump. And if I had to pick an electoral college prediction, I'm going to say he wins 373 to 165, which would be a pretty sizable, resounding victory for Joe Biden. And, um, you know, listen, I mean, right now you look at real clear politics, there's a, a multi-factor polling average. Um, right now he's polling about 6.7% across the board. This is as of November 2nd, all right? And according to 538, which is very much a lightning rod and... and um, you know, right now he has an 89% chance to win over Trump. And, you know, I, I'm, as I said, I predicted Trump's, Trump's going to lose. I predicted, I predicted the Senate's going to get flipped. I predict the House lead for the Democrats is going to grow stronger. And we're going to be in a good position on the surface. However, here's my, my take. I mean, I think that it's going to be a very unstable next uh, 8 to 12 weeks in the country after Biden wins. I think if he does win, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have these lunatic MAGA, MAGA losers out there uh, waving flags, antagonizing. You know, now they do it from a position of, of arrogance and taunting people, uh, thinking that somehow they have this election in the bag. But they're going to do it out of, out of anger, resentment, and um, this rabid, rabid reaction to friggin' 45. It's absolutely absurd. So that's my take on what I think is going to happen if Biden wins. I think, you know, we, we see all these, these, these uh, you know, kind of borderline, violent, gun-toting people um, out there. I think it's going to happen in a lot of different pockets of this country, unfortunately. And I'm hoping that our intelligence agencies and others are smart enough to foil any kind of, like, ridiculous lunatic plans like the Whitmer plan, which, um, which I brought up before. Now, if Trump wins, I'm going to be despondent. I'm going to be unhappy. I mean, I can't really know what the hell happened because this is not 2016. The polls are even stronger than they were for Clinton. Um, Biden hasn't had a deficit. It just wouldn't make any sense. And it would, it would reek of, uh, it'd be an indictment on this country as far as not rebuffing the racist, terrible incompetence that we've seen from this president over the last four years. And, you know, I also would, 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 uh, Suspect any some kind of interference. I suspect massive voter suppression. I mean, 
I've been, I, it would not be good. I think you'd have a lot of angry people. But all these these fears about Antifa and the rioting, I mean, listen, you know, I mean, they're not the ones that are, that are the, the violent, dangerous ones. It's the right that's dangerous. But uh, I just think we're going to have a very unstable state regardless of the outcome. Um, and I think uh, we got to, you know, literally not to use the cliche, but we have to, we have to say some prayers uh, as we close out 2020 and start 2021. So that's my take on the election. Let's see what happens. Thanks for listening to the Chris Ham podcast. Please make sure you are subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please rate and review me. And finally, please follow me on Twitter at Chris N. Ham. Your support and feedback are incredibly valuable. Tell your friends, family, colleagues, spread the word. Take it easy, friends.